Today is the February Collaboration Corner. I am Michael Haskins, architect and technologist, and this is the Technology Architecture Solution Engineering Show. In the virtual studio, we have returning champ Ari. How you doing, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be back. It's always a pleasure to have you. I'm running the modern workplace, uh, Dev. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Doing good. Very busy, but good. (laughs) This is uh, if if there's a modern workplace uh, show, these are the two to have on it. So we appreciate you guys being here. Has everything been good this past week? Yeah, it's been. I don't know. Things are starting to pick up for sure. People are definitely turning the corner of. uh, All right, we gotta we gotta move into this sort of post COVID paradigm. So Mm -hmm. that's good. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely turning the corner. You know, numbers are showing and people are anxious and weather's getting warm. So we're going to see a lot of activity, I have a feeling. I know, Dev, you're seeing your, your, your calendar's exploded. It's not even it's not even a conversation piece. It's like it's just a disaster of <laughs> stuff you got jammed in there. My, my calendar is, is, is a natural disaster. Be, uh, whatever. Yeah, it's uh, busy. Good Being busy is good, but it's... Uh, it can be challenging as well. So yes, it can. <laughs> but that is why we do what we do. That's why it's not for everybody. Uh, it, forge forward. So yeah. before we get into some of our core, our core topics, a little bit of collaboration news or a little bit of tech news, if you will. So I'm just going to say this, and then we can move on for sake of time. Ignite is next week. Lots of team sessions. That's it. Just reminding everyone get there it's it's no cost it's online it's virtual and uh flipping over to the next 157 days till skype is retired dev i know you put that on there i saw it's <laughs> I on did. the show notes little md next to that yeah Speak no, to I, it. I figured it's uh whenever we do one of these shows we're gonna keep updating the day count until it's retired <laughs> it doesn't look like uh, microsoft is backing off of it so um just they, they keep constantly pushing out that that, that messaging because i know there's gonna be organizations or like running around here on fire that day so <laughs> yeah so so in under 157 words since that's how many days are left what is the ramifications of uh this retiring um you're on uh any skype meeting you have probably or any im chats or calls one-to-one calls are not going to work actually they this is to be fully transparent i don't think they've really communicated what's going to happen like if people don't have teams turned on what's going to happen once <laughs> when that day happens is they kind of say yeah, skype's going away um but they haven't i assume that the teams might be flipped on by default but they haven't actually specific uh, specified that so i'm actually curious i wonder if they'll push out messaging regarding that but uh, things are going to blow up that that's the <laughs> that is the messaging so i think <laughs> what we need to do is reach around the monitors and dust off the bat phone that radios out towards seattle redmond area and let's get on the blower with someone and say what is to be expected and maybe roll that into because well we'll have another collaboration corner countdown uh, before then so uh that, that's our mission to give you guys out there in the world uh give you it pros an idea of what's happening there and if you're on the business side you really need to pay attention to this topic too as well and because there is uncertainty some people are like i have the skype server i have the skype service i use skype for creators there's like all these different brandings so we'll we'll try to boil that down and make a little sense of that for you next week 
one of the other things that came out is of great interest to this very show is Microsoft Teams Pro license. At least that's what it's being called. Um, so essentially, you know, rolling in some of that that WebEx webinar slash stuff under another license. Uh, it, it is a little unclear on how that's done. I know a lot of people just started uh, actually, you know, juggling road flares on top of like, you know, diesel fuel saying, oh my God, we just want this. And they're trying to get us again. Well, no, this is the core services and all that kind of stuff that you use either in the free license or your your enterprise. That's all going to stay the same. These are some of the other things that, that uh, teams can do. And I'm interested to see what uh, live events, how that's impacted because live events has that direct parallel or use case for what the website of the world was. So there's that. Uh, it would be worth mentioning that you know all services no matter how much we like them are not infallible and microsoft teams had a little bit of a network glitch i didn't feel it i didn't feel it at all ari did you or any any of your no in fact uh we we found out about it after well after the fact without without even you know nothing in our systems changed yeah for, for sure for sure dev how about i i we, we talk all the time because of the day job but <laughs> I didn't hear anything. I know you didn't hear anything either. Did anything bubble uh, up since since that happened? Uh, not really. Um, there's been uh, – I didn't really notice it when it happened, um, things like that. But I do have one note to add to the Teams Pro oh, just okay. to clarify. Um, it's something that's being added to existing service plans. And, you know, when you – for people who manage licensing in Office 365, when you go in and sign a license and you see all the services you can turn on and off for a particular user, that's going to be an added uh, line item, if you will. And it, I guess it's associated with more of the webinar. Red, I know they, they're releasing uh, features where you can kind of configure meetings to, like, have attendees. Red, they, they can register, things of that nature, more of the webinar features. And you'll be able to turn it on and off individually for users as part of the licensing feature. Features. So sure. it's going to come with your M365, O365, E3, A3, whatever, you know, business standard premium licenses. So it's no extra cost associated. No one has to start freaking out. They're going to get charged more or anything like that. Um, but uh, it's worth clarifying that line because there was some some confusion when they first rolled it out, the yeah. message center. Thus the juggling of road flares over diesel fuel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so, so real quick back to the glitch. Um, so here's the question I have is like if a tree falls in a forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Uh, but if that tree falls and you know smashes a barn and nobody notices and it's like nobody's barn, do you go and put it on the front page? <laughs> you know, because it was like everywhere, like this massive outage. I don't know where that came from. Because on the heels of that, they had such other good news, you know, like they're they're talking about now of releasing things in teams, like you know, the meet now feature that's inside of teams. They're talking about having an open-ended meet now like there's all this good news came off this other side of there and i'm just like i don't understand the the timing of it all it was kind of like i don't know it's weird uh, have you guys looked at that meet now feature have you used things like that before yeah definitely and i, th I think actually we use meet now more than we use our phones okay yeah <laughs> makes sense <laughs> Definitely makes sense. Uh, Dev, you put uh, a line item here for, for some tech news. And we talked about this briefly on our episode that never was. Uh, so did you want to you surface that? <laughs> yeah, so 
<clears throat> we did talk about we did talk about it a, a little bit, um, but uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Microsoft announced the release, I guess, of a new product. I don't know if they actually clarify how it's uh, if it's part of existing licensing or have to purchase new licensing. Uh, but the uh, Microsoft Viva, the uh, as they're putting it, the uh, their their ex- employee experience platform, and I think it's I think with a lot of the products that they're rolling out now surrounding the remote workplace and the modern workplace, they're building on top of services already there. So I see a lot of SharePoint vibes. It's going to be integrated in, into Teams uh, with certain pieces um, and things of that nature. Um, and they're really focusing around, uh, you know, making sure people in the workplace are, you know, taking care of themselves, you know, workplace well, well, well-being, make sure you have focused time in your calendars. And there's a they segment into, I believe, four different uh, four different pieces or four different service lines if uh, between for the that encompass the entire Viva platform. So, yeah. So if you take Delve and Yammer and some other like employee centric apps that Microsoft has and you just like mash them together mm-hmm. and cre- create a portal and say, here's your access to communication and, you know, some of the tools and, and health and well-being things. Here you go. This is where you go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm interested too. I, I think, you know, if this follows a similar suit to the way they do things, it'll be like this entry point of like, here's Viva and you mm-hmm. the consolidation bit. But then there's probably those, those partner add-ons, like they had like the meditation apps and all these other things yeah. that are built into teams like those will be premium services or subscription services with with the third party so stay tuned to this space because you know one of the things uh over the past you know 12 actually longer than that it's been like 18 months this well-being movement uh for people has been over emphasized not over emphasized in a bad way over emphasized in like a compensation way to try to like make people feel you know more connected and, and better so we're definitely good there this is a good point for us to stop and hear a little word from our sponsor, Spirant. So we'll see you on the other side of the message, and we'll talk to you here in a minute. As frequent listeners know, when we're not dropping hot new episodes of the show, our day job is running the Microsoft Cloud Solutions practice within Aspirant Consulting. Aspirant is a global management and technology consulting firm that uses an innovative approach to challenge the antiquated and ineffective consulting model. Unlike those bigger firms, we focus on delivering sustainable results for our clients through broad, integrated expertise, from operational process design to organizational change to app development and pretty much anything you could need in the cloud our team can help yours overcome whatever challenge it's facing. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about Aspirant and the breadth of our capabilities. We'd love to hear from you. Aspirant Consulting, experienced teams, real results. And we're back. So uh, good message from our sponsor. Uh, Thank you, Aspirant, for helping support our efforts here. And uh, we look forward to having future Aspirant guests on too as well. So, um, you know, we were talking about Viva before the break. And, you know, during the break, we just had a little, a quick banter here. Ari, uh, you know, this mashup and this health and human stuff. uh, What do you got on that? Yeah, so um, Viva, I think, represents... um, an opportunity, right? So we are looking at 
Um, so, so right now I'm, I'm working with a couple different design organizations, including, you know, the big G, um, architecture firm. And, uh, one of the things that we're really looking at is what does that hybrid workspace look like in the future? Right. And one of the things that's come out of that is that it's not just about the physical space and the technology in it, but in these sort of uh, social norms and or expectations that the employees have for how these spaces are used and what they're for. And I think Viva is along those same lines and and actually a key part of sort of creating kind of atmosphere you want to have in this hybrid workspace, creating that, you know, feeling of togetherness and and still maintaining some of the things that you got out of having, you know, an old school traditional office space, but in this new hybrid paradigm. And I think the biggest point that I'd like to make to everybody listening is if you are an IT person or an AV person that's looking at, all right, how do I develop this hybrid workspace? And I'll talk about what that is in a second. and how bold do I want to be? How much change do I want to institute? I think I want to push and suggest to everybody to be bold in how you go about bringing your workforce back to work. And I say that because um, there will definitely need to be cultural adjustments. There will definitely need to be sort of uh, folks relearning something that's sort of been standard for 30 years, what an office space is for and, and how to work in that office space. And I think now is the opportunity to make those changes, not just in the technology and what the space looks like, what furniture and stuff you're putting in there, but in what uh, your employees' expectations are for what they should do in those spaces. And I think now, since everything has been, the upheaval has already been done, everything has already been thrown to the wind, now is the time to be bold. And I think you will, uh, it, it is a cost, of course, it is difficult, of course, but I think that dividends uh, for sure will pay off in the long run. And if it's if not now, there will be no better circumstance in the future to make that kind of wholesale change in how your workforce works. Yeah, that's great points. And you know, in listening to what you're saying there, you know, a, th- a thought just crossed my mind. So, you know, well before, I mean, we're talking years before um, pandemic and the way we're we're doing things now. You know, there there was that whole phrase of like disruption, right? Mm-hmm. So, so somebody thought of like, oh, I want to do this, and I'd bring it to market, and it would disrupt a, a legacy way of doing things. The one thing that I've found is is the stuff that's coming out now is, is not dis- disruption. The disruption was the world event. Now we're finding creative ways and new ways to do things. It's spurring on uh, innovation. And, and even if it's just not by a unique product that has never been made before, but the you know the the comp- cobbling of different solutions that were once disparate solutions into something that is a little bit more forward. And I find that kind of like really cool because, you know, I used to make this statement all the time. It's like, when was the last time we invented anything like really new? I mean, like really new. I mean, everything's all been either iteration or just like an improvement upon. Now, this here is like spur. This is almost like space race stuff, right? Because it's fundamentally changed how we we operate as a people um, by getting Tang. I know that's really trite, but, you know, Velcro, whatever it is that came out of this microwave. Now, now it's also not just product. It's our expectations. And I think you've nailed that on the head is expectations of helping drive that. So in terms of what those expectations are, so when we talk about hybrid workspace, 
And that's, I think, probably what the du jour term is going to be, the sort of Kleenex of how you term what the future office space will look like, hybrid workspace being that term. Um, what it is, it's defined as currently, uh, it's defined as being able to have a space that is um, impartial to where you are working, as in uh, you can both participate remotely and in person um, with equal agency um, so that uh, and, and that frankly <laughs> surprisingly is actually more difficult to provide for the folks in the room than it is for the folks that are uh, remote you know even just thinking about let's take some of the, the webex style features that are now part of uh, part of teams um, you know from an online perspective you can throw in comments while somebody is speaking you can mm -hmm. raise your hand and be seen you can uh, also you have all sorts of ability to interact and participate online whereas a person in the room actually probably needs a moderator of some sort to say hey sorry can we stop the conversation please this person in the room so it's a strange paradigm where actually the remote folks actually have a little bit more agency than than you would have in the room um, okay. nevertheless looking at what an office space would look like, a hybrid workspace would look like. It really breaks down into, um, well, a couple different space types, but a couple different work modes. And I think it's important to think about the space in terms of what kind of work is being done in those spaces. And really it comes down to three main areas, sort of the three C's. There's the collaboration space, right? That's, I think we're all pretty um, clear on what that is. Then there's, and, and that's, you know, group work and that kind of stuff. Then there's um, a connection space so that both, um, well, look, this comes from the sort of, hey, I want an open office space so that people will have the water cooler conversation or the, oh, I overheard you talking about this. I have some input that you might not have thought of. Um, so there's that sort of social capital. Mm-hmm. Um, space. So it's, it's definitely a more informal one-to-one um, -one spaces, I think, still fall into this sort of connection type space. And then the third mode is concentration. So when you look at... so My you know, favorite mode, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real. So, you know, when you look at the future of these hybrid office spaces, typically, you know, what are cubicles? cubicles are concentration spaces that is the space that is going away from the modern office in this hybrid office space right where the expectation is if you need to focus and concentrate and don't want to work with or be interrupted by anybody the expectation in the future is likely that that's maybe the small amount served within the office but mostly that you're doing that work at home and that that is your concentration space. Um, and so, you know, what, what does that mean for an office space? That means a lot fewer workstations, definitely no dedicated workstations. If there are workstations, um, they're using a concept called hoteling, where it's sort of, you know, you sit down anywhere, you have certain basic tools available to you at a, at a whole variety of locations. Um, or but it's re or reserve space. too. That that's a market under its own. Reserving space that's this open collab space, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And so that again, um, so both sort of working with your employees to say, all right, you know, 
the office is no longer going to be for this concentration space, for this focus work. And um, if you do want to come into the office, you also ex- expect to reserve that space, expect to sort of plan that out and uh, socialize that with, you know, whoever else needs to be in that meeting or whoever else needs to be aware of what's going on in that space. And so, again, going back to my earlier comment about now is the time to make those sort of social cultural changes within your organization and set different expectations for what the office is for and how you conduct yourself within that, within those spaces. I think none of this works unless you are mirroring the developments in technology and hardware in your office with developments in how you're um, working with your employees to, to work in your space. Makes absolute sense, and it's uh, it, it's a it's an upheaval, but it's not unattainable. That's the thing. It's like a lot of organizations. The biggest barrier is 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 mental predispositions to be a certain way, mm-hmm. and you know as soon as, as soon as that understanding is that we need to shake that or operate. I I just call it one thing, like that mentality. I just refer to it as as a, a modern business. You know, the modern business mentality, not casting you know aspersions on anyone else just that you know more modern cutting-edge companies that are trying to be more flexible are doing these kind of things and it's like you know it, it changes you know your mentality i'd like the the the, the your concentration space is your home because i've been on calls where i got my little under desk cycle where i'm just i've been like plowing away you know, 10 miles into it, people are none the wiser and I'm talking on meetings, pivoting over. I'm like super in the zone, you know, and when you get off of those modes, you feel like really like you you felt productive, you felt good. Yeah. Um, The same way that is when you go into that meeting and maybe your co-working space, you know, you get on there, you land, you check your, check your mail, but then you go into that conference room or that collaboration room and you pound out, this is what we're going to do with this product, or this is how we're going to handle this situation. The same feeling, you walk out of there, you feel productive. Yeah. Using these new things, you feel better as a person, you know, giving back to your company and to your coworkers. You know, and this, this development is sort of a long time coming. I think that uh, I remember listening to a, uh, a TED Talk about a decade ago, where, and I, I wish I could remember the, the gentleman's name, but he was a, a researcher from uh, Cal Berkeley. And he was talking about how the major innovations in business are, like you're saying, they're not disruptive technologies. They're not disruptive mm-hmm. furniture or, or, or that kind of stuff. It's not tangible things. The major opportunity for development in, in business is how you work, how you interact with other folks. Yep. And you, when you look at systems like Teams, <clears throat> these are becoming uh, that sort of innovation center, right? Mm-hmm. Teams, that glue, right? And that's where the development needs to be and sort of, uh, and that's where it has been. And, and, and frankly, um, comparing teams and their development to, you know, the other major players in, in the market, they're definitely ahead for sure. Yeah. They are, they are ahead of the other folks. Um, would that be the appropriate time to, Bring up the that piece of technology I was, was oh, going to share. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, in following on on that, so one of the things that going back to this idea of all right, how do I provide equal agency for folks that are remote and at home? So, one of the things that has been a, a frequent request throughout this whole period is how do I provide that Brady Bunch view, the tiled <laughs> view, right? But have everybody who's physically in the room get their own 
uh, or their own tile and everybody that's remote gets their own tile. And without getting too much into the details of why that's not really possible, it's not really possible right now. <laughs> and, but the teams ahead of everybody else has already put this high up on their priority of development list. And they are the, the teams is the limitation. The hardware can't solve it. Um, it the, the limitation is software and being able to ingest multiple camera feeds and then display those out to the far end. Right. Um, That's a function of the software. Currently none of the competing softwares are able to do it, but teams recently announced um, or or recently let us know that that is high up on their priority list. So look for that to come out. And I think it may seem like a very minor thing, but from our experience in the physical spaces of offices, this is without a doubt the number one unserved request from customers right now. So that said, uh, you know, pretty much nobody has the luxury to wait around for that feature to be available. So what do you do in the meantime? Um, So what I wanted to share with you guys is a pretty awesome piece of technology. You guys see my screen here? Yeah, we got your screen. Cool. So this piece of technology is called the Eagle Eye Director. And there it is right there in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, just to basically explain uh, what the technology is comprised of, right there in the middle, you see an always-on uh, wide-angle shot camera. Is it like one of those 180? Yeah, exactly. It's going to yeah. produce. Um, well, frankly, it's going to produce an image that's actually never seen by anything uh, externally. It's only used internally, and I'll, I'll explain in a moment how that's done. And then you see two uh, pan, tilt, zoom cameras. So these uh, cameras can move around, they can zoom. And what this whole unit does is it is able to identify who is actively speaking and then produce a close-in shot, zoom in and produce a close-in shot of that person all done automatically. Pretty cool how it does it. Yes, that always on camera is going to actually be always looking at the whole room and then can pick up when it sees somebody's mouth moving. It will then direct one of the pan tilt zoom cameras to zoom in. And then once it's zoomed in, then it shares to the larger meeting that zoomed in view. So that's that's good stuff. (laughs) Well, it's, it's super cool stuff. Um, And so from a remote participants perspective, you're seeing typically the whole conference room and that's that camera on the left. And then when somebody in the conference room speaks, you're not getting flown around the around the room. It zooms without showing you that. And then once it's zoomed in, it cuts over to that. And again, it's done automatically. So why? Sorry, that has been historically the challenge. Uh, I know there's there's some products that have the PTZ cameras that like uh, that seek out the noise or whatever, however they are doing it. And you're right, like if you're watching the screen, you get motion sickness because it's oh, like yeah, zing, motion- zinging. <laughs> it's and it's nuts. annoying, frankly. Yeah. It's really annoying. Like, what is going on over there in that room? They're just flying around. Yeah, and, uh, so, and sometimes it's not dialed in. Sometimes it just gets kind of near where it needs to be. You know? yeah, yeah, well, look, it relies on you sitting exactly. It would, if not for being automatic, uh, it would rely on you sitting exactly in the spot that it's preset to look at, right? Yeah. Um, and so this takes away that variability. So 
a sort of side benefit, which is actually the primary benefit for a lot of folks, is that um, it allows you to be super flexible with what you do with the space. You put this on the wall underneath the display, and now you can move your furniture around. You can move your seating positions around and, and know that you're still going to get great camera shots of wherever you are. So th- uh, this this would be a nice coupling with that Nariva because it does similar stuff with sound, right? So you got the, the sound stuff from our last one, and now we're addressing that same challenge, but just with the video side, right? Mm-hmm. It. That's exactly it. It's it's all about taking stuff off the table, providing flexibility within the space, um, and then and, and both both the Nariva HDL, um, like you just mentioned, and this Eagle Eye Director from Polycom or sorry Poly, uh, they both do a similar thing. Like you said, video and, and, and audio. So, how does this then relate to that hybrid workspace and sort of creating a democracy of participation and, and equal agency? So as I mentioned, no one um, video conferencing platform right now is able to ingest multiple camera feeds. So when you have people in the room, you're not going to be able to give them each their own tile view. However, what you can do is this sort of in-between solution where typically when remote folks are speaking, you know, they're they're speaking within their tile. And then the in-room tile, the conference room is its own tile. Then when somebody within the conference room starts speaking, that conference room wide shot is then replaced by a close-in shot of whoever's speaking within the room. It's like an automated OBS. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, get, you get a balance of, look, it's not everybody within the room getting their own window. When they're not speaking, you're not gonna be able to sort of gauge their reactions and that kind of stuff. At the same time, when they are speaking, it's very clear who within the room is speaking and you can see them very clearly. So it does mitigate some of the problems, provide some of the benefits. It's the best that today's current technology can do in order to provide that um, equitable experience. That's pretty awesome. I already thought of the first hack that someone can do with this solution, right? Is to um, code it so that it looks not for people's mouths moving, but for people texting on their phone during a meeting. And then zoom in on them. <laughs> kind of so, <laughs> I'll, I'll share a, I'll share an interesting application of this. So this technology is actually about seven, eight years old. And it's only now it's sort of been around. Folks said, oh, that's nice. But do I really want to pay for it? Slash, Do I really need it? Now, obviously, there's a de- much higher demand for it. But about seven years ago, um, we were working with an organization that um, – wanted to provide an experience where folks walk into the conference room mm-hmm. and um, sort of big, big brother-ish, an in-room camera would use facial recognition, understand who you are, look at your calendar, and then um, pull up your meeting, start your meeting for you, all without you having to touch anything. That's awesome. um, this particular organization had a massive repository of faces mm-hmm. um, and therefore was able to implement it internally um, using this piece of hardware um, and it's sort of, you know, facial recognition capabilities. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting use case. Um, Yeah, for sure. I can think of a thousand security things that go along with that. I'm sure they had people like, you know, signing away because for identity. uh, And that's what's so important with some of this stuff. Uh, I'm going to kind of abstract it backwards just a wee bit. So like some of my other videos and and channels that and things that I do, you know, I use a lot of cameras. And if I'm doing like man on the street type cameras work, I'm using like Canon gear usually. 
Sure. And, and it it recognized my face because I take pointing at myself and say recognize myself, right? So it stores me, and it and it knows my profile. So if I'm anywhere in a crowd and it's picking up this camera, a little box appears and it says, okay, it puts my little name underneath it. Uh, the the frightening bit is is like I transferred some firmware and some software over to a, to a different camera and like that went with it. I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. Oh. <laughs> You like know, the whole with like the metadata or yes, yes. Wow. Yeah. So, so it's amazing the things you can do, but then if you take something like simple like that, which is, you know, uh, prosumer grade hardware and you were to use like really pro grade hardware like this, um, it's gotta be pretty dialed in. And you got to think that, you know, the chips and the sensors and the stuff in there are really well engineered to be able to pull this off and have it as, you know, a vi- not just a viable, but a successful commercial product, um, being but nerding out a little bit. I don't know if you know this, uh, we can also link it in the show notes. Obviously this, this, uh, product spotlight. Um, do, is there anything around the hardware like requirements and, you know, obviously it's better hardwired, but is there anything? Yeah, so it is, it is uh, team certified. It is zoom certified. Um, but in general, it's outputting in an HDMI signal. So okay. anything that can take in an HDMI that is, you know, may, it may not be approved officially, um, but it's just an HDMI signal. So, okay. Right. Nothing complicated. Definitely cool. Definitely. Um, just, sorry, one more note on that. As most um, codecs these days are USB based, mm-hmm. uh, we'll need, if you want to use this type of technology, you will need to convert from HDMI to USB. But again, those types of adapters are old hat at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I got a drawer full of them. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Good deal. That's a good product. Uh, definitely a, a great topic, the hybrid workspace. I'm sure we're going to hear more of this uh, in the future. And um, I, I can see that the, the evolving uh, right before our eyes, we see it developing and evolving. And we see organizations like this grasping on and either, they're either holding on to the reins or they're holding on to the tail. Um, yeah. So the question is, is like, you know, how do we get to that next level? So what we will do is definitely for the, the product uh, spotlight, we will definitely put it all the links for that down in the show notes and just because i brought it up and i think it's really cool if you don't mind ari i'm also going to relink nariva's solution yeah. down there too as well and they look they go hand in hand right they're like you said one's the video end of it one's the audio end of it and and together it's really where their power comes it's a good complete solution for a, a whole room experience yeah definitely good all right, so we're gonna we're gonna pivot over here in our in our last few minutes we have for the show today to devs teams in the last thirty. So, um, what happened in the last thirty, Dev? Uh, I know you have some stuff in the show notes. A lot's happened. You know, the, the uh, we all see what's happening because it's such nimble development. And you heard from uh, our segment with Ari here, where like they are on the edge of stuff. You know, I, I look at the um, roadmap. I don't know if you've looked at the roadmap recently for teams. It is long. <laughs> so, <laughs> and a lot of it's like approved in process or whatever. So, so it's good stuff. What have you picked up and that we need to tell our listening audience? Yeah. So I think, you know, this month is a little bit, yeah, a little bit of pieces across the realm of teams. And the first one I wanted to call out was they believe this is, well, it was in the past 30. Um, they are my, my, uh, Microsoft's releasing a new uh, codec for audio for uh, Skype or well, not Skype anymore, but well, I guess Skype 
consumer version and uh, teens, which is called satin. Uh, this is funny because the previous one was called silk. Um, ah, so <laughs> look at that. Uh, so, so, um, What's the, next, what's the next one? Canvas? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so essentially what's happening is that there, uh, this previous audio codec, uh, Silk, um, was, I guess it was over, I'm not extremely familiar with audio codecs, so I don't think none of us really involve ourselves to know the very specifics uh, all maybe but except of, you all but one of us on this call does oh that, that's Ari's, <laughs> yeah, Ari's um but uh, over a decade ago uh microsoft put out the silk audio codec for skype and i was able to you know transmit speech over the internet and things of that nature and at that point it required a uh 664 kilobits per second to transmit a wideband speech now what they're doing with, um, you know, and they go on to talk about, you know, yeah, there's a bunch of, you know, rolling out 5G and things of nature, but there's still a lot of a lot of places and offices uh, in the world where, you know, the bandwidth is very small, you know, still very. And essentially what's happening with this new Silk, uh, the Silk audio codec is that they're going to be able to transmit. It's going to be a lot clearer, a lot clearer, a lot clearer and transmit a lot more data and, and or a lot more of lossless audio and a smaller amount of data. Um, so and, they, and the link that they for for the article, they have like a, a sampling of the audio bits for the two. And it, it's like night and day. And um, apparently this is already being rolled out into teams and, and Skype uh, consumer uh, calls. I think it's only a one on one calls right now and teams meetings will be rolled out in the near future. So the, one of the next things in the in the teams thirty uh, and teams in the past thirty is that and it's a somewhat small one, but I think it's fun to call out is that and uh, the recently rebranded Google Workspace there is a Teams meeting add on now, hmm. um, so you can schedule Teams meetings from within the Google environment. You still have to sign into your Microsoft account with Teams to authorize it to do that. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's very interesting when we look at. The different uh, products play nice with one another. You know how Zoom has their app and Teams where you can start calls from there and so forth and so on. So I thought that was a nice little, uh, you know, a, a nice little nod there that Google's can you schedule Teams meetings in Google now. That's, uh, you know, yeah, I can go multiple ways with that. I, I'll be kind. <laughs> uh, I, let's just say I was on some some Google Meets uh, recently and um, it didn't seem as full featured. But then again, it was just to connect people to talk um, and, yeah. and present. So um, th there's a difference between the Google platform and then the Teams platform. Teams is like a workspace integrate. Um, yeah. We've talked about it here. We all and our listeners know what the differences are. Uh, I just found that very interesting. And I. I take the hat off and applaud them for, for those integration bits. Definitely yeah. cool. I do say the one thing right now, at least that Google has over team is that you, you it's much more flexible from a, a viewing standpoint, you know, how you can organize your, your yeah. camera audio sources and what who's sharing and things of that nature. So I do tip my hat to them that they do have that figured out to a certain extent. Yeah. I, I think every collaboration uh, tool makes it a little easier to change your cameras and your mics <laughs> and stuff. And the team is working on it. So. Just to share our perspective, uh, Zoom sort of is the most consumer-like with you know viewing options and all that kind of stuff. Google tries to serve both. They try to be everything to everybody not necessarily successfully and then teams is really focused on that professional application and, and they definitely do the best job i would agree, I would yeah. agree. 
So moving on, um, and I think this one is a little bit, and it's, it's also very, uh, very intriguing as well. Um, <clears throat> the uh, releasing uh, Microsoft releasing two new apps into the App Store for Teams. It's called well, one is the Milestones app and one is the Bulletins app. Now these are uh, at its core power apps, so you can you can customize them for your organization. But essentially, what they're doing is that the Bulletins app is essentially a way to push out news to your organization. And I think this kind of goes back to my uh, to the to the the, the uh, Microsoft Viva pieces that a lot of this is built on still in the core services and it's just a new wrapper for presentation to a certain extent yep. and how you can how you can integrate it into the Teams platform. Um, so it's a way to push out uh, news to your news to your organization. The Bulletins app and the Milestones app is a little bit looks a little bit like uh, the new modern SharePoint list, but with a little bit more pizzazz on it. Pizzazz. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely got pizzazz. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit more graphical uh, in, in in its nature. Um, but um, and there's there's use cases and in, in, in tweaks for these. But you know, milestones is the track key initiatives according to Microsoft. So a lot, of, but both of these apps are available available to be customized via Power Apps to you know more fit the organizational needs. Um, but those have been rolled out, or they're in the process of being rolled out across the tenants, and. Um, uh, you know, I, I think it's, a, you know, a lot of times we see, you know, the Viva pieces where, you know, topic curation for learning that kind of takes a bit of the SharePoint syntax pieces and kind of rolling them into a different wrapper. And I think it's just very interesting to see, you know, they're offering different options, but at the core, it's still the same service on the back end. This is the point in time where I usually like to put the, the discrete call out for organizations to reach out to you know someone or a partner to help them because there's a bazillion ways to use each product and there's a bazillion ways in which each product that Microsoft has is wrapped. So yep. you know one might work for one work style, one particular app might work for part of your organization but not the other. So there's a lot of making sense of that and a lot of people or a lot of organizations try to make a go at it themselves and they either get like frustrated because they can't figure it out because of the stuff that there's so much available online and how to do all this uh, but they just don't have that reference point of how it, it applies in reality so so we always usually try to like put that little somewhat of a shameless plug out there to say hey contact a pro at least for advisory information I'm not saying you need to go out there and have an 80 <laughs> gazillion dollar you know project to turn on milestones and bulletins inside of teams but you know to at least reach out and, and stay connected to your micro learning areas and listen to shows like this to try to get more details on how that stuff's done it's it's definitely it's definitely impactful and if we think of what we talked about uh, with Ari in our, in our main topic today all these different tools are the things that are shaped by how workers are going to work in the hybrid workspace and how they're going to employees are going to engage each other in the business so you know keep an open mind uh around these technological choices too as well definitely definitely yeah there's uh, for lack of a better term you know bazillions <laughs> bazillions of different ways to skin the cat and you need to figure out you know how to you know what the best approach is for your organization so i definitely yep. agree so our final 
update in the teams in the last 30. I think it's a more of a security based one, but I think it's definitely important to call out. And we had talked, we had talked about this uh, a couple, a couple weeks ago, Mike, is that uh, as of February 8th, if a organization did not configure, uh, did not purposefully configure their guest access setting in teams, you were automatically turned off for guest access in teams. You know what that means, right? It means we just blew up three organizations <laughs> and, and they're scrambling whenever this is pushed out to the listening audience. Some, <laughs> somebody out there just had sad trombone play in the back of their head. So yeah. yeah, as of February eighth, yeah, they, they changed a little bit to accommodate this piece, and and the reasoning behind it, I kind of understand, is that in every other place in Office three sixty five, guest access is turned on by default. So to kind of complete the experience, today, we're going to flip it on in Teams too by by uh, default as well. So I don't know I, how it is now after the the cutover date, but before it was on off and then service default. And so if you were never purposely configured your guest access for on or off, it was off. It has been flipped on and if you and it's still on if you are not aware of that. So um if you do not like have guest access on your tenant, I would suggest you go to the Microsoft Teams admin center and immediately turn it off. Uh, so and <laughs> when the, <laughs> there there are many a CISOs right now that are just scrambling to send an email out. Turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such good stuff. All right, good deal. I think we got a good show in today. Is uh, you know, I think if we stop and we listen uh and, and do a quick recap on you know the stuff we covered, you know, we covered a little tech news and I, I want to resurface again at the end here. We're not gonna talk too much about it. Ignite is next week. It is important. Uh it is no cost to you other than your time or the time your organization allows you to see it. There's a thing in there called a backpack. So if you don't have the time, go find those sessions, add it to your backpack. It'll make you a better technologist. So please do that. Uh, you'll also see some outlet stuff from us all next week because we the, the spring edition it used to be just one edition. So you'll you'll hear stuff from us all next week on this this very topic. So uh, stay tuned to this space. Uh, you know we covered hybrid workspace. Ari brought up great products with the Polycom Eagle Eye and. Uh, resurfacing the Nariva, a complete solution for everyone. So uh, all the stuff will be in the show notes. And we like to thank Aspirant again for helping making this show possible. And everything will be in the show notes. Ari, any final words? No, just that uh, yet again, I've had a great time doing this with you guys. Yeah, always a good time. Dev, any final words? Uh, register for Ignite. I think it'll be some good stuff hopefully coming out next week. There's going to be, uh, I think, mixed reality stuff. So I, from my initial reading of the Twitters, to the uh, Twitter sphere. So register for Ignite. I know it's a long week, but, you know, it's definitely important to keep up on it. So it's worth it. We'll talk to everyone in the next time. Bye. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Aspirant. You aspire, together we achieve. This production is for information and entertainment purposes only. Not all technologies and items discussed are compatible with your system or specific configuration. Your mileage may vary. Consult a professional before trying anything discussed on this show. Visit show notes for relevant information and links. Yeah, this is definitely going to get cut out. <laughs> <laughs> we should do something so that they can... Uh, <laughs> if we're going to get cut out, let's do something crazy. <laughs>